Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. I recorded this clip that I originally thought was just gonna be like three minutes and then I'd put it into another podcast and then it ended up being its own podcast. I want to preface with like a major trigger warning because I'm very transparent and honest in this podcast about my self-harm and suicide attempts. So if you're not in a good headspace, don't listen to this, please. It's past midnight and I'm out here crying. I was on TikTok and I somehow came across this story of these NICU twin boys who like were one pound when they were born and then they were 12 inches which is the size of a ruler and it's got me crying in the club out here I'm hearing their stories and how they like bled and everything like they had brain bleeds whatever um it's not whatever but the point of what I'm doing this um is is because then she made a video where she was talking about another NICU mom said that she just watched her daughter at a dance recital and said that these aren't the moments that they were supposed to have. That, you know, like, their babies were supposed to die and to see them at this dance recital or to have seen the moment that they would be okay back then would have helped them so much. And I don't have a baby, obviously. And I wasn't a NICU baby. But I just thought of it in my point of view in my situation and I was like oh my god so I was like already crying about these like one pound babies and now I'm crying because I'm thinking about how like I've thought about this often like I do like I'm like oh I'm ice skating like I'm grateful to be able to be ice skating and be able to be alive and I'm also grateful that I'm walking and I'm, I don't have any spinal cord injuries or anything, you know, that's, like, necessarily, like, stopping me from doing anything I was able to do before. But I, then I just started thinking about, like, all the memories that have happened since then. And I'm like, thank God I didn't fucking die. Like, thank God. <laughs> but it just hit me. Like, it really did. I don't know, maybe hearing it from her and, like, that kind of scenario and in like a different way kind of taking myself out of the situation i don't know but yeah so it's just 12 30 a.m and i'm crying about that i'm just laying in my bed kind of having happy tears because i'm alive and i'm walking and my mental functions are just the same as they were before and i'm extraordinarily lucky to be alive like i fucking went on a run earlier today then i went to the gym afterwards i shouldn't be able to do that like i shouldn't be alive and breathing and then on top of that i can walk like that's fucking crazy i mean when it first happened like i i just said like you know god didn't want me to die it wasn't my time and that is just fucking crazy honestly when you think about it like all the moments that have happened in the last two years and all the people that i've met and the people that i've gotten closer to and even the people that i've met that have hurt me in many ways i don't know like my my ex that really fucked me up there still are days where i missed our bond and then i remember the disrespect but you know what i mean like if i had died i never got to experience that the good moments <laughs> i don't feel like i needed to experience the bad moments all the people i've met so it's just it's just crazy okay it's just crazy 
to think about that. Like how many people I've met, how many memories I've had over the last two years that like people didn't get. We had um someone that um went to the high school I went to in my brother's high school. He jumped off the Coronado Bridge like a week or two ago. And my dad told me this story a while ago just about someone that was right next to his office in the hotel jumped off a three-story building and both of them died. And it's just like, that could have been me. Like, that easily should have been me. And it wasn't. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that I can walk, you know? Like, it's just fucking crazy, really. Sometimes I just, like, am out and about doing things and I'm like wow like i shouldn't be able to do this right now um like when i was ice skating in rockefeller center with my mom in last fall that was the first time i had gone ice skating since that had happened i used to do ice skating when i was younger um i even took like figure skating classes like my foot was kind of hurting i mean it wasn't i didn't have my own skates it was like the rental ones which we all know just hurt in general but point is i was out there skating i was out there in new york walking five miles right before my jump i was just doing soul cycle like crazy and i recently got back into it not as crazy because i'm not balling like that anymore i had therapy today and we worked on trauma we talked about my self-harm i'm kind of ashamed of it in a way if i'm being completely honest i feel like other people think that i'm like some kind of sadist because i like to self-harm and i was talking to my therapist and i'm like i'm just addicted to pain and i told her i was like not the pelvic pain or the broken fucking foot pain but like i like going to getting my blood drawn because of the sharp pain like i like all that stuff you know how like people are like alcoholics and people are drug users and you know no one's out here saying that that's good or like anyone's condoning it or whatever if someone like let's to say someone was over here addicted like doing pills and addicted people would obviously want to get them help and stuff but i've just noticed like when it comes to society like you know self-harm is different it's not like oh i was an addict it's every time i tell someone like i've self-harmed or whatever like they just look at me differently when they see my scars they look at me differently and i don't i don't know why that changes as opposed to like if i was addicted to benzos and maybe no one fucking thinks this, and I just do. I am a self-harm addict. It just is what it is. Like, I did anything I could use to hurt myself. I was using it. It still hits me every day. Like, not the urges, but the thought of it. Going into my kitchen, seeing a knife, it's like, I could. Being in my shower with my razor when I'm shaving my legs, it's like, I could. I've literally self-harmed on every single part of my body except my face. Like, dead ass. At one point, I was doing it under my nails at school um, in freshman year because I was trying to hide it. And I needed to hide it, and so I did it in many places that, you know, would have been hidden, including my vagina. Um, well, is it your vagina? Because the vagina's the inside part, right? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. And then when I was going through trauma therapy, I did it on my breast because I wanted to make that part of my body ugly so that no one would want to hurt me. It's just a lot. Um, 
because this is it makes me feel weird to say this because I don't want to give any ideas away to people but I also want to talk about you know I want to be transparent and vulnerable and honest about how you know what I mean so I'm gonna say this but I hope to god no one like uses this idea because it'll piss me off or please 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 don't do this I used to drive myself to the dollar store and they have these 12 packs of pencil sharpeners and I would hide all 12 in 12 different locations in my room because at this point my parents had everything locked up they had the pills the alcohol the knives like literally everything like my brother had to ask for things you know if they needed a steak knife they had to go into a garage closet and lock it if you went in there like three four years ago it would be every sharp item that would ever exist into our that was in our house <laughs> from teen bop is that what it's called right that magazine i had all those posters of like you know celebrities and stuff and i had to take them down because they had thumbtacks and i wasn't allowed to have that all the pills ibuprofen everything they my parents met everything was locked up i had no access to literally anything in my house so when i could start driving and my parents would be at work i would drive myself to the dollar store and i would just put a pack of one pack of 12 sharpeners on that conveyor belt and drop in my one dollar and eight cents that i would pay and change that i stole from my dad's like little charger area he has and then i would take the blades out and then i would throw all the the plastic in the trash can outside like you know the actual trash can but my mom she would check all the trash cans so she would check the trash cans in my room i mean in the bathroom because i would even like fold up the blades in the um toilet paper and even if i was like bleeding and i had hidden anything i would wrap the blood you know toilet paper whatever it was and made it look like it was a pad like that's what i would do to hide them and she found out about the 12 sharpeners because she saw them in the bathroom i mean in the trash even though like literally i would bury those things at the bottom of that trash she found it and so she wanted me to give them all to her obviously i literally hid them so hard like i'm i I could not find two of them (laughs) and then in art class in freshman year this is the one about the school um we were using exacto knives and just in class just doing it no one's noticing because it's like under my nails and stuff and then i'm like and then they're like oh why are you bleeding i'm like a paper cut there was a time too i think i was 14 at this time i had cut really bad too on my arms so when i would go and have a soccer tournament and i had cut i would suddenly have sprained my wrist (laughs) that was our excuse is i was wrapped in ace bandages and it was like oh i sprained my wrist but then i'm still throwing in the ball (laughs) so like i don't i think everyone was like no she didn't sprain her wrist but whatever there would be times where i'd come with like both my wrists sprained and everyone's like why are you spraining your wrist so much no but then like at the end of that summer actually my coach i guess sat down my entire team and like told them the situation of what was going on because like in the summer and soccer season like that's tournament season and like our team was prime time at this time we were we had just won state cup we had just went to regionals in idaho like 
we were killing the motherfucking game. There was like 11 months straight where we didn't lose one game. And the one game we lost in that streak was the regionals championship to a team we had already beat in that tournament. This is irrelevant. At one of the tournaments, I played defense and someone had scored and it was like the goalie's fault, actually, not mine. But then the coach took me out and he was my coach since I was seven. Obviously, I had a close bond with him. I thought he was taking me out because it was my fault that the goal happened, even though I knew inside of me it was not my fucking fault that this goal just happened, right? We had this, like, weird umbrella because it was one of those tournaments that had, like, the benches that were already set up for us. had this, like, weird tent cover, and I literally sat on the ground on the side of that. Three of my teammates were sitting, you know, inside the tent thing so they couldn't necessarily see me, and I'm digging at my fucking ankle, made literally a cut so deep that's how bad it would get i'm self-harming at school self-harming at my soccer game while literally everyone is around me you know like it was that bad whereas like i'm not stopping there was times where i'd be at residentials and there would be stuff and like i was rubbing oh my god i'm giving another idea what (laughs) shit Please no one use these ideas because that would just make me feel like shit. Because there were so many times in the hospitals where different girls gave me different ideas on how to self-harm. Literally my first night in the hospital, me and my roommate stayed up late and she told me so many reasons, how to, so many ways how to self-harm. And we literally just sat there like scratching ourselves self-harming together. That was my first night in the psych ward <laughs> ever. When I was at one of the residentials in Whittier, have my hand on the carpet and I would give myself a carpet burn. And a staff noticed and was like, stop i just couldn't stop like i just couldn't like i needed to see the blood if i don't see the blood there's no point to me like i don't know why like that's something i have to figure out like maybe it's just i'm a pain addict or a blood addict my own blood i don't really need to see other people's blood if you want to call me a sadist call me a sadist but i can't control that i'm addicted to self-harm as opposed to being addicted to benzos or alcohol or gambling or shopping anything really just was getting to the point where i was like couldn't stop when i was in idaho which is actually the one place i only acted out once and this was this incident it was kind of a dumb reason why i acted out. i'm not gonna lie looking back oh my god i'm really just giving so many ideas away but i just the point is is that i was so desperate that i was i would literally find everything like i don't know if anyone knows about those like post-its that are like you pull the tab out you know what i mean and then it pulls out the other way and then you pull it out you know what i'm talking about i i broke the plastic thing to use that to reopen my wound and they were trying to get me to stop and i don't know if this place was no hands-on I just wasn't responding to them. I was in my bathroom and I was not responding. And I literally could not look up from me self-harming. Like, I don't... It's it's less, it's like compulsive maybe. I have no idea. Like, maybe that's just the attic part of it. But like, I literally could not stop. So like, they had to have the police come to like physically stop me. My 2017 suicide attempt with, with my artery cut. I Because this was point when my parents had everything locked up. I literally broke a compact Sephora mirror um, that they gave you around Christmas time and used that to (laughs) almost kill myself. Literally looking at the floor in my room that my blood was like covered in. I was gone for a month in the psych ward, came home for a day, did that, and I left my room on a gurney 
um, naked because they cut off every single clothing item I had in my room. And then I didn't see my room again for 12 months. And so when I walked into my room again, you know, still looking at the corner of my room where it happened is sometimes triggering. Uh, We had to get new carpeting because it literally bled through the floor, like into the wood. Like, I think if you would probably take up the carpeting that we have, um, I think you would still see the blood stain. Um, I could be wrong about that. I have no idea. I don't know why I'm not asleep right now, because I literally took my night meds and a melatonin, like, over two hours ago. Um, maybe it's the weed tolerance, because the same shit happened to me yesterday, except last night. It was because I was laying there for an hour and a half thinking about all these things I needed to do for work. And I physically could not allow myself to not go to sleep until I did those things. So then I stayed up for another hour and a half and fell asleep at 2 a.m. Because I needed to send mood boards to people. <laughs> I've had a lot of people tell me like, oh, you grind, you're hardworking. And I do. And, you know, I am. Um, but it's it's... Not necessarily just because I'm hardworking. Um, It's because it's a compulsive thing. Like last night where it's a fucking mood board. Literally getting photos from Pinterest and putting them together. And I had to make like four or something. But that doesn't take that long. It doesn't need to be done at midnight. (laughs) Like as if any of those models were even awake at that time anyway. And then I I needed to do something else for my podcast. I needed, there was just a lot of shit I needed to do. And then, of course, once I get on Pinterest looking for the inspo, then I'm like, oh my god, what about this shoot? What about this shoot? We should do this. And I was just planning this shoot because I have this one exciting shoot. One of my childhood friends is letting me borrow her fucking horse for a shoot, which is so fucking dope. I work, like, every day. Seven days a week, I'm doing some kind of work for something. My brain is constantly thinking about work. And it's not all fun and games as it might seem. Like, oh, I'm just hardworking, getting all this stuff done, improving on my work, which is, like, great, you know? But it comes with berating myself for, you know, not doing enough when I'm doing so fucking much already. It comes with berating myself for not being perfect and literally hating myself for posting certain things because I'm like, this is not quality content. You have done better. You could have done better. And it's uh, it's just that shit. Like when my mic shit wasn't working with my podcast, oh my God, I was losing my mind mentally. Like, ugh. I just yell at myself all the time. I expect absolute perfection from myself. Even though I can consciously say like, oh, I'm perfectly imperfect or perfection doesn't exist. It It is something that I have strived for my entire life. When it comes to school, when it comes to sports, I needed to be good at everything. And it's not necessarily I wanted to be the best It's that I needed to be good at it all. I needed to. I had to. And my therapist asked me, do you have, do you think you have value outside of work? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm funny. I'm, you know, nice and caring. I'm a really good friend. I know that I have value outside of my work. I don't know. There's just a lot of shit that I want to do. Like, I want to write a movie. I want to direct a movie. 
And, you know, that would be cool to be in a movie. (laughs) I think another reason why I'm working so hard is because I want to get the fuck out of San Diego so bad. And in order to do that, I have to work hard. I have to. I'm not going back to school. Last year when I did Instacart full-time and was able to make my schedule on my own, it made my mental health so much better. Not going to school and not having to go to like a set job, you know, at a set time, literally has changed my mental health for the better in so many ways because I think before that I was living for other people and living other people's plans for myself I've always been interested in the medical field and that was the plan for the longest time was to go to med school to be a pediatric surgeon then obviously that didn't happen and I even you know tried to do the pre-med route I don't know I was just living for other people and I was really sad it I was going to school, even though I didn't want to be going to school. But it was like, if I didn't go to school, I was going to be kicked out. But thankfully, my parents have finally come to terms. And I think the more success that I have in my business and all this, and I think they've just accepted it at this point that I'm not going back to school. I was striving for something that I didn't really want. Like, I thought that being a surgeon and being a doctor was, you know, like, prestigious and it makes good money, and you will be able to take care of your family and do all that. But then I also was like thinking about being just a pediatrician because I want to be there for my kids. I want to be a mom. Like Honestly, I would love to be a stay-at-home mom. Again, I don't know if that would ever be possible because my workaholic self. (laughs) I love kids. I want kids. I have had the worst baby fever in the last like month and a half that I have ever experienced in my entire life and I see a kid and I want it now um which is not gonna happen and thankfully I have an IUD the way I see money is not about buying things anymore I thought it was very I need money so I can have materials I need money so I can you know what I mean like very materialistic and now I see money as the freedom to live freedom you know what I mean to just do life I mean, honestly, I spend my, I make money and I turn it back into my business. Like, I barely spend money on myself anymore. And if I do, it's like food. (laughs) That reminded me, honestly, because then I was telling my therapist that I think, honestly, like, I still have self-harming behaviors. They're just not cutting. When I get really anxious, I pick up my cuticles, like, I push them back. And then at some point, it kind of makes the cuticle pop up and then I you know either like bite the cuticle off or rip it off and there's been times where it bleeds it's it's something that i don't even notice i'm doing obviously when i'm biting it and ripping it off like it's more of a conscious thing but the pulling back like i don't even notice that i'm doing that so obviously like that's causing harm to myself well it's not with the intent to harm myself i guess if that makes sense it's in my brain an intent to help cope i guess I don't even remember what I was saying. Maybe my melatonin is kicking in now, two and a half fucking hours later, when I'm supposed to be waking up in five and a half hours. Today's Friday, or no, it's not. It's Saturday because it's 1 a.m. But I have literally worked every day this week. And I still will be because I have a photo shoot tomorrow, or today, and a photo shoot tomorrow. And I have a video to upload. I will be uploading this podcast. I have mood boards to send i have thrifting to do i have props to buy i have so much 
to do. There's just always shit to do. Always. You can make another video diary. You can make a reel. You can make a TikTok. You can make a reel for your like podcast page. You can make a podcast. You can do a photo shoot. You can do a photo shoot as a model. Like, I just can't not work. Like, I'm going to try while I'm in France. I mean, I'm going to be doing video diaries because that's... Honestly, the video diaries are for myself, really. Not for really monetization. A month of guest kind of thing. Because I'm going to be gone for half of August. And, you know, I don't want to have to record a podcast in France. I want to, like, have these pre-recorded. I have to grind this hard so I can leave. I don't know. This city just... There's so many traumas everywhere. I feel like I'm driving through the city and I just, I'm like, oh, here you go. This was traumatic. Here you go. This was traumatic. Anyway, this was kind of just going to be a little thing of me, like, just crying and I was going to add it to a podcast later. Honestly, it ended up turning into its own little podcast. Please don't self-harm. Please. And if you're going to, don't use any of the ideas that I just gave you. Please. I beg of you. That would hurt my soul so much to know that I did that to someone. Um, so if you do do it, just don't tell me. Because I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was very emotional, real, in the moment. It's, it's literally 105. I'll talk to you in the next podcast. And in the meantime, stay cool. Be you. Peace.